0: Good morning. Thank you for coming to worship with us. We thank the Lord for giving us another opportunity to give him praise, to give him glory, and to give him honor. We come to give him what's due him because he is our source. He is our provider. He is our protector. He is the banner that watches over us. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he's the one who raises up a standard against the enemy. And we say thank you, Lord, because if it had not been for you on our side, where would we be? We thank you, Lord God, for what you are going to do this day because this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In spite of our trials and our tribulations, we know, Father, that you are still a good God. You are our creator, and we not ourselves. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and besides you, there is no other. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to move by your spirit in this house today, that yokes will be destroyed, bondages will be broken, we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You will create within us a clean heart and a right spirit. And we just say thank you, Lord. Help us not to continue to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. We thank you for the word that will be brought forth today that will give us revelation, understanding, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, that will enable us to break the yoke and destroy the the bondage that we are set in. And we just say thank you. We thank you for what you've done, we thank you for what you are doing, and we thank you for what you are going to do. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. We thank you for your word, for he is a, light unto, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is wisdom, it is instruction, and it is what gives us the knowledge to prosper. And we say thank you. Saturate this place with your presence. Help us not to leave the way we came. Give the man of God continued wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and revelation of your word, Father. Continue to give him boldness. Continue to give him clarity in the mighty name of Jesus. May he continue to teach and preach your word uncompromised. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And it is in Jesus' holy name that we pray and we say thank you. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. As the woman of God just said, let's give God the praise that is due his name this morning. Can we start by clapping our hands and shouting unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. We thank you for joining in with us. If you're streaming with us, we say go ahead and click the like button, the subscribe button, and the share button. And let's praise and worship and magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Put those hands together like this. So we lift you high and higher, Jesus, and we say Hallelujah to you. Come on, help us sing it, Hallelujah, Lord, Hallelujah, Lord. Lord. Lord just lift your hand and say, I lift my hand, lift even my if you're screaming with us and say, I praise I you. Praise you Go ahead and bow your I bow head. I honor you, I
2: How they doing blessed and highly favored. Next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have Father's Day. Amen. Please mark your calendar. We want all of you here. Come celebrate with us. Also, July 12th. July 13, July 14, we're going to have what we call Vacation Bible School. So if you have not registered your children, please do so. You always want to make sure your children have a better life. Amen? So, church, don't hurt. These are programs designed to be a blessing to every one of your children. Amen? Also, we need volunteers. If you would like to serve uh, as a teacher, as a volunteer, there's plenty of room for you to be a blessing to our young people. Finally, I want to mention to you one of our pastors, Reverend George Mitchell. He has published a new book, and if you would like to buy a copy of that book, just stop by in the lobby area and be a blessing to him. Also, encourage him so he can write more books. Amen. One thing I love about the preachers in this church, they publish, they, they write. So I'm grateful for that. Even if you're not going to read the book, just buy it anyway. That's your way of saying, brother, we love you, and we appreciate what God is doing in your life. Amen. Also, I want to commend all the choir members for their party yesterday. It was, they call it a picnic, but I call it a party. Amen. I can only go by what I saw with my own eye, you know. So, I was invited and I was told, all you need to do is just come and eat. But when we get there, people start getting down.
3: <laughs>
2: we are so trained. I say, huh? Ain't that something? So the next time I am bringing my da- dancing shoe. So me and Pastor Jeffrey, we, we couldn't dance. Our shoe, wrong shoe. <laughs> we'll be ready. The next time, Sister Elizabeth was dancing with them. To God be the glory. I like the idea of just coming together and having fun. So Christianity is fun. So thank you for blessing all of us. Finally, please don't forget about the Pastors Club. This is a club that we put together by permission of the Holy Spirit, uh, we're trying to raise money to build a youth complex. And please take note that 100% of the proceeds will be used for the construction of the youth building. No administrative fee, nothing, nobody. Get compensated in between, everything is donated completely to help our young people. Why do we need a a complex for them to keep them off the street? Amen. And to keep them out of jail. I believe that's a God thing. Amen. So let's plan to be a part of it. You can join that club. At various levels, you can be a $1,000 contributor. You can be a $500 contributor. You can even be $100 contributor. Whatever you have, we will use it for the glory of God. What do I do for all these members? I pray for them. That's what I do. I pray that God will increase them more and more. The Bible talks about a thousand time return. Did you all know that? It's in your Bible. Isn't that something? Amen. No cryptocurrency will do that for you. No stock will do it. Only God will pay a thousand percent return. So I'm giving all of us an opportunity to be blessed. Amen. I do want to say thank you to all of our guests. We appreciate you. If you are a guest visiting for the first time, uh, after the church is over, stop by the guest center in the lobby. We have a gift just for you. That's our way of saying thank you for visiting Zion Hill. Come back to, to see us. Make this your home. Amen. We love people in this church. Amen. All minds clear? Alright. We are the Lord have mercy. Uh, let's sing something. Amen. Everybody stand. What a fellowship. Of Ezekiel chapter 14, verse number 6. The book is Ezekiel chapter 14, verse number 6. If you find it, please say amen. It's also on the big screen. The Bible says, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. In other words, this is not my words. It's not my idea. This is what God said. What did God say? One word, repent. God also said, Turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. We thank you that we have a roadmap. Thank you that we have a blueprint. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will help me to teach your word, to preach your word. I rely completely on you. I need your divine enablement. Use my tongue as a ready writer. Bless your people oh God. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Help our comprehension. Glorify yourself in the house. I thank you that this word will not return forward. It will bring forth fruit, results in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion this morning is titled the master key for breakthrough the master key for breakthrough. I want you to notice one thing in most churches that include this church also. The church is full of people who are expecting something from God. Am I right about it? The church is full of people who have what we call unanswered prayers. They pray to God, but they are still waiting for a result. In the church, you'll find people with all kinds of situations, all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of conditions. Even there are people having hidden pain. Everybody look good. If you look around, everybody's dressed good and smell good. But underneath that dress, people are going through. Am I right about it? Sometimes, people are dealing with issues on their job. Some people are dealing with issues even in their ministry, in their home, even with children. Some people need healing in their body. Am I right about it? Ladies and gentlemen, today my assignment is to give you a key that will unlock all those expectations. If you know anything about organization or churches or corporations, the CEO, in this case the pastor, have one key. It's called a master key. That one key can open anything on our campus. I take that same key to the old church. I open things. I bring it to the new church. I open things. I take it to the family life center, open things. So master keys are very important if you can get one. Today my assignment is to to show you and to give you the master key that will unlock miracles in your life. So I, I encourage you, pay attention. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine appointment. This master key I'm going to put in your hand, it will open doors that are closed. It will open unanswered prayer. It will get result for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, what is this master key for? You need it for your miracles. I need it also. We need this key for our healing, for our deliverance. And that master key, ladies and gentlemen, is called repentance. What did I call it? Say it again. Let me repeat. This key, ladies and gentlemen, it will open doors. It will get answers to your prayer. People in the church, they are praying, but they don't get resolved. If they're going to be honest with you. Some people hit and miss. Today they hit it right, tomorrow they miss it. But there is a master key That will get your prayer answered all the time. A master key that will open doors that are closed in your face. That master key is called what? Repentance. In the passage I read to your hearing, please notice, God said, tell my people. That's why I'm telling you. You're God's people. He said, let them know this is not your word. The Lord said, not Joshua said, the Lord said. What did the Lord say? Repent. If you are a Bible student, if you've been reading the Bible, you will see this same word popping up all the time throughout the Bible. Repent. Repent, repent. Have you ever thought about why is it that the Bible is saying the same thing over and over and over again? Let me give you some example. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom is near. Therefore, guess what he wants you to do? Repent and believe. Make sure that's in your Bible. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, I'll give you another example. Jesus began his ministry preaching. Guess what he was preaching? Repent. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. You go to the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 9. You see, Peter preached so hard. Many people were convicted and they ask him, Reverend, what do we need to do? Guess what he told them to do? Repent. It's the same word. Isn't it amazing that you see the same word over and over again throughout the Bible. He said, if you repent, your sins will be forgiven. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, he said, the time of ignorance is over. Now God commands every man, every woman, everywhere, to do what? To repent. Isn't that, are you, are, you, are you feeling me? Same thing over and over again. In Luke chapter 13, verse 5, Jesus was so blunt about it. He said, I tell you, if you don't repent, you will perish likewise. you don't get blunt, more blunt than that. This word repent, is critical for your survival. God is offering one word that will solve all of our problems. Why is this one word so important? Why do we have to repent? We have to repent because Sin is in our lives. Is there anybody here that don't have sin in your life? Don't raise your hand. I might slap you. I might pray for you. <laughs> Every one of us, the Bible says all have sinned. Do you realize that includes the preacher? So as I'm standing in front of you now, I'm preaching to me also. The Bible says, if we say we are without sin, guess who we are? We're a liar. That's why I said, don't raise your hand. I might go Baptist on you. So, everybody needs this message I'm preaching to you. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is sin in our lives... We need to deal with it. Why do we need to deal with sin? Because sin is like a blockage in your artery. When the artery is blocked, the blood cannot flow. The reason why I'm saying this is a major A master key. Many of you, you believe in God for miracles in your life. Many of you, you want great things in the life of your children. Some of you want something to happen in your job, in your business, but there is something blocking your blessing. How do I know? Been there. (laughs) I've been whooped many times. Before I discover this master key. I cannot take you where I've not been. That's one thing I love about this ministry. It gets personal. Very transparent. We need to remove the blockage. So that the blood can flow freely unhindered. Ladies and gentlemen, the same thing is sin in our life. Too many of us are stuck in life. We couldn't make progress because sin is blocking our progress. What is sin? Well, let's keep it simple. It's simply a violation of God's standard. God set the rule. When you violate it, you sin. So why is sin such a big deal? It's a big deal because the nature of God does not condone sin. If you want God involved in your family, God will not mess with your family if you are harboring sin. You can pray until your tongue fall out. You've got to deal with sin. Something is blocking the flow. Sin becomes, therefore, a big deal. The nature of God God is holy, God is prophet. So He do not hang around sin, He cannot afford to hang around sin. So many times, let's suppose, uh, in fact, it's not not let's suppose, there was a time one of my kids was not acting right. True story. So everybody deal with it in their own way. But I know that I serve a God who is committed to take care of me and every seed of my womb. So I went to God about it. And God said to me, as I'm speaking to you now, he said, there's one problem. There's sin in your own life. So I want to help you, but I cannot connect. There's a gap between you and me. Because I love my child so much. Guess what I need to do? I needed to repent. Close the gap between me and God. And sure enough, I got help. God and sin don't mix. I'll give you an example. You see my wife, Elizabeth, she's sitting there. My wife don't like trash in the house. I don't know what our problem is. It don't bother me one bit. I got my own bed. I created a little space for trash. Everybody can get along very well. But Elizabeth don't want no trash in the house. She cannot stand any garbage in the house. I say, Sister, what's your problem? Are they biting you? No, she just don't like it. You know, God is like that. God don't like sin. Are you feeling me? Whenever God sees sin, he backs up. I'll give you another example. I have some friends here in town. One of my friends is Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones is a heart surgeon. He might be watching me as I'm preaching to you. I got a lot of good friends like that. David Remedio is another friend of mine. He's a heart surgeon. In fact, these are not just my friends, they are my business partner. Ain't that something? But you know one thing I noticed about both of them? You can tell because some of you are their patients, you know. They don't like any mess in their surgery room they will sterilize everything in that room. You know why? They don't want no virus in the room. They don't want no germs in the room. They don't want no contamination in the room. So wherever they go to do surgical, it's amazing. We may be hanging out and just talking. And sometimes we're just talking like brothers and just friends. But when it's time for them to do surgery, Josh, you, you just enjoy yourself. Stay right there. Don't come. <laughs> the same thing with God. God don't want sin around him. He is holy. He is perfect. He cannot stand sin. So therefore, the problem with us is that to connect with God. If you want God in your marriage, if you want God in your ministry, if you want God in your business, if you want God to help you with your children, guess what you need to remove for God to get there? you got to deal with sin. How do you deal with sin? You've got to repent. That's why repentance becomes a master key. The problem with many of us can I tell you why your prayer has not been answered? You know I'm going to keep you real today. We want God to heal our body but we want to hold on to our sin. You want God to help you with your child but you still want to Lord don't mess with my sin. You hinder Literally, hinder the hand of God. He wants to help. You're telling God, Lord, bless me, but leave my sin alone. Lord, heal me, but don't mess with my sin. Lord, I want you to answer my prayer, but just don't touch my sin. And what is so sad? Is that God wants to help you. He wants to answer that prayer. He wants to heal your body. He wants to bless your business. He wants to increase you. He wants to take you to places that you have not seen. But you've got to deal with sin. Why is this sin thing such a big deal? Because sin does two things for you. How many things? Number one, when you get in sin, you're going to die. It's said, Pastor, Hung, that was cold. The book says, the wages of sin is what? I didn't write that. And many of us, when we're doing wrong, we think we're all right because you say, I didn't die. But the, have you ever heard the time... A walking dead. Adam sinned. God told Adam, "The day you sin, you're gonna die." Adam could have looked at himself and said, "Hey, look at me. Go, Josh. I made it. It didn't kill me. No big deal." But really, you're dead. You just don't know. I'll tell you a second thing that sin does. Sin separates you from God. All of a sudden, there's a gap between you and God. You see the problem? You're trying to ask him to help you, but there's a gap between you. There's a space between you. And I'll tell you something worse. Within that space, the more you are separated from God, the more something else will fill that space. That something else is called consequence. Been there. Consequence for sin. So instead of God helping you now, now you're dealing with consequence of sin. I never will forget, I run into a preacher one day, and he was walking like this. I said, man of God, what happened to your leg? I said, well, it's a long story. I said, i got time. And the more he told me about it, the more I saw clearly it's a result of sin. God wants to help us, he wants to heal us, he wants to deliver us, he wants to, want to give us miracles, but we are separated from him. So in order for him to help you, in order for him to help me, guess what I need to do? I need to close the gap. Hosea chapter 14 verse 1 says, It is your downfall. He said, your downfall, where you are right now, the struggles you're going through is a result of what? Make sure you read it. It's a result of your iniquity. Your sin is what puts you right, right where you are right now. I've been there. I was preaching for years. And this church didn't grow. It got so bad, Pastor. I thought the problem was my wife. Because mm-hmm. I knew I was preaching hard. But if you throw the stone in that church, you will hit nobody. No growth. I thought maybe I need to trade my wife. You know how you trade a car? You'll never trade no car. I, would, I said, this this don't do sound right. And I noticed she don't sing. You know, most pastor's wife, they be singing. She don't preach. Most pastor's wife, they preach better than their husband. So I said, oh, ho, I got it. That's my problem. The Lord speak to me and say, your wife is not your problem. Your sin is your problem. He called my attention to first book of Peter chapter 3 verse 7. He said, husband loves your wife. He said, your prayers will not be answered if you mistreat your wife. Ain't that something? now I saw. I saw. So guess what I need to do? I need to do exactly what I'm teaching you today. That's why I stay blessed. I'm not a perfect person. I'm just as faulty as the rest of you. I'm just as neat as all of you. here. But then when you know better, you do better. What do you have to do? You have to repent. Say, Lord, I'm wrong. What is repentance? Pastor, you see, we should repent. What is repentance? Repentance. The way to understand repentance, you need to remember that the whole Bible is written primarily in two languages. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. You got it? The New Testament. Greek, right? So all you need to do is just go check what repentance is. Each of those two languages have a divination for repentance. And then you just harmonize. It. You see, in Hebrew, ladies and gentlemen, the word for repentance, there are two words for repentance. The first word is called nehum, which means grieve. When was the last time that you do something and it grieves your heart? You know, most people, they, they, they have become so callous. They do wrong. They don't even feel wrong. People will kill you now. They don't feel nothing. Isn't that something? That's what you see on television every day. People owe you $50 and you kill him. For $50? Somebody went to the store, allegedly he used $20 that was fake. And then you put your knee on his neck and killed him. For $20? Come on now. Come on now. We are living in a world. We conduct ourselves. We have no feeling. We have no shame. We have no grief. The second Hebrew word for repentance is nehum, which is sharp. Nehum is grief. Show up means change. Ask yourself, in the last one week, what change have you made in your life? People just get adjusted to sinning. And then a spirit of pride comes in. And then nobody can tell you nothing. And you're drawing yourself further and further away from God. The Greek, the word is metanoah. Metonoah means turn around. So when we're talking about repentance, we're talking about a change of heart, a change of thoughts, a change of your mind. Repentance means you stop whatever mess you're doing. You turn around. You go the other way. Repentance means deep within you internally, you have a resolve, a determination to turn from your sin. It blows my mind that in the house of God, People are still dealing with the same old, same old. No maturity. No progress spiritually. Please take note. What I'm sharing with you today is for your own good. It's not for the benefit of God. It's for for your benefit. Here's the deal. If you don't repent of your sins, then God separates from you, then guess what you have to do? You have to try to survive on your own. And good luck with that. I tried it. I say with utmost humility, I tried it. I got my ignorant head beat up so bad that I have to say, Lord, forgive me. This ain't making no sense. Some of us we tried with some 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 other things. Now you cannot reach God. You know you separate yourself from God. Now you, you you try some drugs. Now then some of us try some sex. Ain't nobody shouting now. You know. See every time I preach good, I can tell nobody shouting. Then you begin to sneeze the. <laughs> you begin to try alcohol, but all of those you know, it will give you relief only temporarily. The problem is still waiting on you. The master key for your survival is repentance. I know you ain't perfect. How do I know? I'm not perfect. David was not perfect. Moses was not perfect. But oh, thank God for this master key called repentance. Isn't it funny that in their imperfection God still called David a man after my own heart. You know his secret? i just give it to you. One key. Every time David messed up, he had enough sense he don't care about. He said, she said, they said, he run back to God. He repents. I'm sharing with you the reason why prayers are not answered the reason why, ministers, you preach and there is no no result, no impact. The reason why some of you sing and it's just noise. No life's been changed is because sin. Your ministry don't worth a dime if it's making no impact. Can I be honest with you? I say this with utmost humility. The greatest joy I have in ministry. What drives me? is not about your fancy building. Honestly, I'm not impressed by it. It's not about the titles and accolades. Some will call me bishop. Some will call me reverend. Some will call me doctor, lawyer, professor. I got all kinds of titles. You know what Paul said about all that? He said, It's poo poo. Don't worth a dime. What thrills my soul in ministry is just to go outside and somebody will pull me to the side and say, Sir, I just want to say thank you. Because of your teaching, because of your ministry, this is what God did for me. That's all that I'm interested in. Every now and then my wife will say, You want to kill yourself because of these people? I say, baby, there is something bigger than just fancy houses and nice kind holidays. It's a joy. I was sharing with my church this morning. The tr- true story. Pastor Dayton and I we were somewhere yesterday in some church. I cannot even tell you the name of the church. Forgive me. Liberty. Thank you, pastor. See, I got smart people around me. We were in this church. And I was sitting, minding my own The pastor said, Dr. Joy Dara, come on down. I said, oh, no. I'm going to sit my behind here and hear what does says the Lord. And that's what I did. And then all of a sudden, there were all the members of the church there. All of a sudden, Sister Tracy, Tracy Clayton, you know. Tracy stopped messing with me. Tracy said, I'm going to tell Sister Elizabeth. What did I do this time? She said, uh-huh, I saw that woman. She had her eyes on you all the time we were in church. I saw it. I'm going to tell Sister Elizabeth what woman <laughs> I don't know. so I tried to, to she, she's back there she's cracking up so, so I tried to play low I said shh and sure enough as soon as the church was over the lady was waiting for me <laughs> now I'm feeling a little guilty you know but the, the lady was so nice. He said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you. He said, I just never thought I would see you in person. He said, Every day, my whole family, guarded by the TV, waiting for you to inspire us. And I just want to say thank you. Wow. See, ministry don't work a dime unless you can impact somebody's life. What is it that will cause your ministry to have impact, to have power, to have effect in the society? Does that mean I'm a perfect person? Oh no. Don't let the devil lie to you. But I've learned to use this key called repentance. Every time I mess up, I run to God. Lord, I hope you're not tired of me. I don't screw up again. Ladies and gentlemen what am i trying to tell you if you will learn to use this key you will never be stuck in the elevator of life you'll be amazed how many christians are stuck right now they're caught in a wave they can't get out and sin will do that for you ladies and gentlemen john the baptist was preaching One summer throughout his ministry. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God means the rule of God. If you want God to rule in your marriage. If you want God to rule in your business. If you want God to rule in your ministry. If you want God to rule in your school. You got to repent. problem, ladies and gentlemen, we want God to be involved, but we're not willing to repent. So many of us, we are struggling. Let me call your attention to the book of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. You know what it says? He or she who covereth their sins Guess what the Bible says? They won't prosper. Do you know why I'm preaching this to you? I'm biased. And I will tell you my bias. Forgive me those of you who are watching on TV. I want everybody in my church to be blessed. That's my bias. I want everybody in my church to prosper. They have a nickname for our church right now. They said our church, we're full of rich people. I'd never argue. That's really my prayer. That's my desire. So, some people, you mention Zion all Oh, they say, oh, that's where those rich people go. Hallelujah. Yeah. So guess what I'm sharing with you? The master key that will cause you to prosper. The Bible says anybody who cover their sin, they will not prosper. But you keep on reading that verse. He said, anyone who will confess and forsake, guess what they will find? Is there anybody here that don't need mercy from God? The Bible says, his mercy, is new every morning. Is there anybody here you don't want the mercy of God? I need his mercy. I woke up this morning. I said to myself, I said, Sir, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me every day of my life. I see the favor of God upon my life. I see the hand of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God upon me. So what is my secret? Repentance. Repentance. Now I want to show you how you repent. You see, if I just tell you the master key is repentance and I don't show you how to work it, I haven't done my job. You can give somebody a key and they don't know how to use it. hmm How do you repent? Three steps. How many steps? Number one, you have to recognize that you're wrong. A dangerous person is he or she who keeps doing wrong without even recognizing that they're screwing up. You have to recognize that you are sin. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said it, and I believe it. Whatever God calls sin, please don't try to, to tone it down. Don't say, okay, it's just a mistake. On, no, Brother Baba, you sinned. Don't say, oh, it's just a bad habit of mine. No, you are smoking weed. You were born in hell if you don't change. You need to make up your mind say, Lord, forgive me, I need help. You have to recognize. Step number two, you have to have remorse. What did I say you need? Remorse. Do you know that's what's killing our, our country today? People would do horrible things and they have no remorse. You know what the Bible called remorse? It's found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. It calls it godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow will always lead to the repentance. You have to have a remorse. There's something inside of you that will let you know that ain't right. The Bible said this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Do you know what it says? It says, if you confess your sin, if I, Joshua Dara, confess my sin, God is faithful. God is just. He will forgive me. He will forgive you. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know the problem? We have church full of people from the pulpit. Sometimes I'm even scared to talk to some preachers. Ain't that something? Right now as I'm speaking to you, our major denomination, they're meeting Tennessee. Tennessee. Trying to decide, are we are we going to serve God? Or are we going to be political? Mm-hmm. <inaudible> if you confess your sin, God is faithful. God is just to forgive you your sin and cleanse from all our right. How you know that, Reverend? been there. I raised both of my hands. Do you know there are some sins you do that nobody know about? But oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Something inside of you will tell you that ain't right. Godly sorrow by the way, there's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is what you have when you get caught. Mm -hmm. See, I'm a lawyer. I see it all the time in the (laughs) courthouse. Shut up! You got caught. Godless sorrow is what you do. Something inside of you just say, No. My wife may not know about it. My husband may not know about it. Even my employer may not know about it, but this ain't right. And your heart just conflicts you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. We need more resourcefulness. And the third thing we need to do is to return. Make a decision to turn around. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8 says, bring forth fruit of repentance. What is fruit of repentance? Action. You are going this way, and the Lord convicted you you know you are wrong, just just turn around. Humble yourself. Say no. I had to do something. Sometimes there was time I, I call all my children. I say, children, forgive me. This daddy, we love you. You didn't do anything. I say, well, you are no seat." But I become too busy. I said, forgive me. And tears begin to roll. One of my girls said, you're the best daddy I ever had. I said, no. That, that, that don't cover. I know. There's a godly sorrow. The good thing is, that, oh, I wish I have time to break this down. You see, I'm saying, if you're going to repent, number one, recognize. That what you're doing ain't no good. Number two. You have to have remorse. Don't just be doing wrong. And think it's okay. Number three. Turn around. The Bible is. You remember the prodigal son? It's in your Bible. Homeboys. Decided to get his own money. He said, Dad, no, I'm sick and tired of you all here. You all are primitive old folks. Live in Sainla, Louisiana. Nobody even knows where Sainla is. I'm out. Give me my own portion. I'll go to Las Vegas and make things happen for my own sake. I'm sick and tired of you all in central Louisiana. Just going around in circle, going nowhere, just singing Kumbaya. Sure enough, he took all of his stuff. Move out of town. Maybe he went to Chicago. Maybe he went to New York. Maybe he was in Vegas. Spending everything. Got plenty of drinks. Got plenty of girls. Do you know you always find girls when you got money? But one then something happened. He spent everything. All money gone. Thank God for the sister. This smart. When you broke, sister. Thank you, Jesus. Sister's gone. Now he was left by himself. The Bible said things got so bad. The only job he could do was to be feeding pigs and swines. Do you know what that means for a Jewish man? Jews don't eat swine. They don't fool with pigs. But the only available job he could do is to be feeding pigs. He was at his lowest, lowest of the lowest moment. And you know, you'd be surprised how many of you are right there right now. When the Bible talks about the blessing of the Lord, that make it good and add no sorrow to it. But you are struggling needlessly. Needlessly. But one day, the Bible says he came to himself. He said, wait a minute. What am I doing here? How did I get here? What's wrong with me? You see? Recognition. He said, even in my father's house, Servants do better than this. He began to feel godly sorrow. He said, I will arise. And I will go to my father. Not with an attitude, not say, I have a right to be back. No, you don't. He said, I will tell my father, I have sinned. That takes humility. When was the last time you looked your children in the face and you say, I'm sorry? When was the last time you looked your spouse in the face and say, I'm sorry? When was the last time, pastors, that you looked your church in the face and said, I'm sorry? He said, Daddy, I know. I don't even deserve." To be here. All I ask is that you make me one of your servants. And guess what? He got up, make a a turn, and he's heading home. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you ever get lost. Sometimes my wife will tell you, I'll be going somewhere and I, I can easily get lost. Because while I'm driving, I'm also processing something. My mind is thinking. I just don't sit down, wasting time. I'm a lawyer. I'm a college professor. I'm a pastor. I'm a businessman. I'm a television evangelist. All of that is cooking. I only got 24 hours. So sometimes I will miss my tongue. Don't tell anybody I told you. That's just between us. But once you realize, I, God is my witness, I was supposed to go to Manny, Louisiana for a case. And I was on High 40, 49. I was heading out, and I'm, I'm supposed to make a get up in Natchitoches, whatever that town is. Well, whatever. Get up and turn left. But homeboy, I was enjoying my praise worship. Oh, yeah. Go, George. Hallelujah. Who yeah. I didn't pass. I kept going on 49. All of a sudden, he hit me. Say, where's Narkadis? You didn't pass and left (laughs) Narkadis. Once you recognize that you messed up, what you need to do, you get off the next exit. The problem with many of us, we keep driving. Even when we know we are wrong. That's why the Bible says, he who covereth his sins will not prosper. But if you will confess it, translation, if you will face up, And change you will you will find mercy. You know, every now and then we have something called GPS. GPS will tell me you're wrong. I say, shut up, Miss Siri. (laughs) See pride, (laughs) arrogance. Here's Miss Siri trying to tell you, "Fool, <laughs> you need to get back." What am I trying to tell you? You know one thing I love about: repentance. If you would take exit and turn around, it don't take long to get back home. Hallelujah. You know why it doesn't, even though it's the same distance, the reason why it doesn't take long is because you're going back home. This prodigal son, he was heading home. The Bible said his father was waiting. I don't know who I'm preaching to this, this morning. Your father has been waiting on you. loves you so much. The Bible say he saw him afar off and the father ran. He ran to meet him. And when he got to him he said put on him a new robe. Put on him a new ring. Put on him a new sanders. He would not even allow that boy to say, Father, make me a slave. The boy didn't get a chance. That's how much God loves you. I am telling you, if you want your miracle, it's available. If you want your healing, it's available. If you want your family back, it's available. If you want your ministry back, it's available. If you want promotion on your job, it's this same key. I wish I can tell you Joshua Dara is a perfect man. No. My secret is the ability to quick to repent. Humble yourself in the sight of God. And it will lift you up. He thought he's going home to be rebuked, to be put down. But he was welcome with open hands. I have to stop. I'm going to ask all of you to stand. I wonder, is there anybody here? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've been preaching to my own self. I'm not going to ask nobody to close their eyes and bow their kneecap. I'm not into all that foolishness no more. But if you're here, you say, brother pastor, you have been preaching to me. I am that man. I am that woman. near repentance. I want to close that gap. There's too much separation between me and God. Now I see why prayer is delayed. I see why I don't see much miracle. I see what is moving. If you're that man, if you're that woman, you know what I want you to do? The same thing I did 8 a.m. this morning. This altar was filled with people who are willing to say, Lord, give me another chance. And I would never send you where I've not been. Ain't no shame in my game. Find your way to the altar right now. I want to pray with you. You are the one that God sent me to. Somebody else is coming right now. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. Thank you. Somebody is just come
4: thou art a merciful God and thou art a forgiving God Father God we just ask you Lord God to forgive us Lord God Lord God we ask you Lord to help us Lord God to move out anything that's not right in our life Father God we come before you a repentant heart Lord God asking you to look beyond our faults and see in our every need Lord we realize and we regard sin in our hearts you won't hear us and Lord God I realize Lord that sin will suck us in And Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord God. Open ourselves before you, Lord God. We command our flesh, Lord God, to come under subjection. We command our inner man to rise up. Father God, help us, Lord, to be more like you, Lord God. Help us to fulfill our purpose. Help us to fulfill our destiny, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father God, help us to walk right and talk right and live right. Help us to love one another, Lord, as we, Lord, we are being loved, Lord God. Help us to be all that you call us to be, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father God, I realize, Lord, when we line up with your word, Lord God, Father God, you will pour out blessings, Lord, that we won't have room enough to receive. Father God, I Thank you right now, Lord God. As we come, Lord, with repentant hearts, Lord God. Lord God, I come, Lord, believing right now, Lord God. Lord, that you are God, Lord, that changes not, Father God. If we repent, Lord God, you will forgive us, Lord God. And Father God, I thank you right now. As we come before you with repentant hearts, Lord God. Lord, that we're rising up, Lord God. We walk in the newness of life, Father God. Lord God, I thank you right now, Lord. I thank you that thou art merciful, Lord, thou art forgiving, Lord God. For the God I just ask you to have your way Lord go to every every man every woman every boy and girl for the God for the God as we repent Lord God signs and wonders shall follow us Lord as we witness Lord God Lord God we will be Lord God soul winners, Lord God Lord God in the name of Jesus for the God help us Lord God to be a help to the man of God help us Lord God to be a servant unto the most high God help us Lord God to be all that you call us to be for the God in the name of Jesus Father God, we thank you for the word, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for repentance, Lord God. We thank you right now, Lord. We come before you with a repentant heart, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask you to move out everything that's not like you, Lord. In the name of de- Lord, we come before you this morning. We die to self, Lord God. We die to self, Lord. We die to self. Hey, we die to self, Lord
1: God. Lord, let it be all of you. Lord, let
4: it be all of you. And none of us, Lord God. Lord, if we wrong or done anybody wrong, Lord, we ask you to have mercy. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We cry out before you, Lord God, as we come together as a church, Lord God. Father God, God, let God, let your perfect will be done in this church in the name of Jesus. Lord, that when people are coming, contact with us, Lord they'll realize that we've been with you lord god we won't have a judgmental spirit lord we won't have a condemning spirit lord but lord we have a loving spirit lord we have a peaceable spirit lord god we act in the name of jesus let your perfect will be done in our life lord god and for one day lord we're gonna hear you say it Thou good and faithful servant job well done and lord i don't want to hear you say well what you done but lord god help us lord god to be the servant that you call us to be the mother the father the sister the brother the niece the nephew help us lord god as we heard this word preach lord god Help us, Lord God, to take it in and apply it to our life. Lord God, to eat on it, to chew on it, to digest it, Lord God. In the name of it, not only be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey. Amen.
2: Glory to God. I want to thank all of you for being in church today. If you have come to give on your way out before we sing our final song, there are ushers at the back of the church. Feel free to return. Your tithes and your offering is purely between you and God. And you give as the Lord prosper you. Those of you who are live streaming with us, you say, Pastor, how can I be a part of that? Just go to zionhill.com and there you will find opportunity for online giving. I want to say thank you to every one of you. If the Lord is leading you to be a part of this ministry and you would like to join, well, just after the benediction, the singing today, where there are ministers of the gospel who just show up right in front here and say, I want to be a part of this ministry. Yesterday I was in a party, you know, with the choir, and I saw a whole house that says we want to be a part of this ministry. So don't miss the opportunity. God is doing some amazing thing here, and the best is yet to come. I love you guys. Now let's welcome our worship. Take
1: people. my heart yes. and mold it. And take my mind, transform it. and Take my will, conform